Welcome to the Living Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. Bonus episode interview with Star Wars author Lydia Kang. And now, here is your host, Eric Eilerson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the Living Force Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me today is the author of many, many projects, including Opium and Absinthe, A Beautiful Poison, Toxic, The November Girl, Patient Zero, and of course, the humanizing voice behind the lovely 2-1-B medical droid, it's Lydia Kang. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, of course, in addition to all those projects, you are the author of today's big release, The Higher Public Cataclysm. Um, cannot wait to talk all about that. And of course, all you listeners, I'm sure uh, some of you have already picked up your copy. Some of you audio listeners started at midnight. Uh, so I hope everyone's enjoying the book. Uh, but before we get into Star Wars as a whole, uh, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. I want to touch on your life as a physician, um, as a podcast that has two actively practicing doctors who unfortunately aren't with us today. Uh, I got to ask, has your medical interest always intersected with writing? Or if not, how did those two passions eventually kind of coincide? Because you really you balance the two uh well you know they don't actually like were extremely unbalanced i probably should have listened a little bit more to some of the themes in star wars but yeah, they were <laughs> unbalanced for much sure. of my life i didn't actually start writing until i had been um like a practicing physician for several years mm-hmm. and i didn't start writing fiction and i certainly didn't start writing science fiction like i started writing like essays about patient care and then went into poetry and then around 2009 I decided to write like a young adult novel with kids that had weird powers. <laughs> Very Star Wars esque, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was. And it's really funny because the people who were like poets around me, they were just sort of mm-hmm. like, yeah, go, Lydia. Like nobody like laughed. They were just like, go for it. That sounds great. Um, That's awesome. And I did that and like, you know, did kind of didn't go anywhere. I couldn't get an agent, wrote another book. This one was historical young adult, also didn't go anywhere. And then the third book I wrote, which was about a bunch of, teenagers that had genetic mutations and were like on the run that one was called control and it did sell sell to penguin random house back when it was actually called penguin (laughs) oh wow there you go that dates it sure it (laughs) it does um and then after that i just sort of like i ended up branching into like a lot of different things so i was writing young adult that was um some of it was science fiction like toxic as science fiction mm-hmm. um some of it was like um kind of fantasy-esque the november girl and then i also have like i also write like medical history stuff so i wrote like quackery a brief history of the worst ways to cure everything and oh your colleagues would like this book because it's yeah. It goes into everything you should not do that was done in the past, like, you know, phlebotomy, like lobotomies and like, um, you know, bleeding people for no good reason, stuff like that. So, um, wow. Yeah. So I I did a lot of these different things. I was also practicing as a physician and I kind of kept them really separate, except that like the medical stuff would constantly show up in my writing. Like they come in really handy when you're trying to fictionally kill somebody. Like that makes sense. You know how to stop everything. Yes. Shockingly, (laughs) my patients are not bothered by this at all. But (laughs) when you (laughs) like when you know how a human body works well, you also Mm -hmm. know much like how to make it stop working. So it comes in very handy for my historical murder mysteries Mm -hmm. and like history of medicine, like uh, research that I've done also came in handy. So so weirdly, they started to kind of mesh together the two worlds and Mm -hmm. um 
And uh, yeah, now I just, I don't really hide the fact that I do both at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. I used to like introduce myself as like a doctor and then my husband would be like, she also writes. And I'd be like, okay, honey, you know, good man, good man. And uh, and now I'm like, I am an author and I am a physician. And then people look at me funny and then I'm like, yeah, I am. It's true. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's been a really strange kind of uh, path that I've taken and Mm -hmm. And now I'm like a doctor who's written a Star Wars book, like who to thunk? It's super That's... weird. <laughs> and, and, and I love that because I feel like so much, especially like creatively, a lot of us on the outside assume, oh, once you get in, you, that's, that's all you can do. And there's so much pressure, especially on like younger creators getting into the spaces of like, if you don't just dedicate to this one thing, it means you don't love it or it means you can't succeed. And it's so yeah. lovely to hear like, you know, you can have multiple, multiple loves and passions in this life, even simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's been really weird because I initially when I started writing and I was only writing young adult and my first two books were science fiction and my I think there was an issue because like science fiction wasn't selling well in YA, like after that whole dystopian kind of wave happened. Mm-hmm. And then like nobody wanted what I had because that was what I was writing. People were like, well, stay in your lane, but we don't want what's in your lane. And so I kind of got, yeah. <laughs> I got stuck. And so yeah. I started writing other things. And what ended up happening was I left my publisher um, and I started writing other stuff. And I end up having, like, I've had, I've lost count with how many different publishers I've worked with. So I've never sure. been one of those people that's like, I only have one editor and one publisher for my whole career yeah. I've never done that. And I've gotten this reputation, I think, in my writing for just being a little bit of a weird writer who writes all over the place. I'm just like, nothing yeah, it's a varied palette yeah i think that that's kind of that's kind of nice because i think again like there's when star wars and like genre stuff is at its best is when there's all kind of different voices in it and if you can be that different mm-hmm. voice in a bunch of different spaces it's so exciting and i'm sure also as a writer is fun you know because oh, you're not just yeah. doing the same manuscript like and then which chosen one arose from the poor nation to go to the rich nation and then compete and then which next one did i mean those are great we love those Yes. And no knock on people who can do that. But like, if somebody told me like you, you know, you have to write the same type of book um, 12 times, but with like maybe a different character every time or something like that, I I would, I would have given up. I would be like, I can't do this work. Um, And I I have other things that I want to do. So, um, so it works out that I've done different things and um, somehow it's been okay, but it is a little, I have a little bit of an unusual kind of history. Well, one of the things I love about your history, too, is that for years, you, you've had a very unique gig in preserving medical accuracy in fiction for other writers, in addition to your own, uh, which I love that you're that phone call. Um, I'm like, <laughs> Does this make sense? And, you know, relating to your book, which you mentioned, what are some what have been some of your favorite wild medical scenarios to figure out in your work and your, your friends work that they've sent over to you? Um, besides, of course, Padme's immediate death in uh Ridge of the Sith. <laughs> like what else is on that level of oh I might have to think about this for a while I um I have done I've been given a lot of um opportunities to help people out with their with their fiction I would say Mindy McGinnis is probably my most frequent like <laughs> recurrent person she's like she just shows up in my email she's like hey Lydia and Mindy and I know each other our books came out um the sa- our first books came out the same year in 2013 oh, which cool. is the same year that like Justina Ireland's book first YA book come out we were all like debuts at the same time wow. but like Mindy like, like reliably like emails me like every other year and she was like okay 
I need to hurt this person very badly, <laughs> but not that badly so that they can't like, they have to be able to do this in this chapter and then do this in that chapter. Or she'll ask me about like opioid overdoses or she'll ask me. So like, so Mindy, I would say if you read like almost, I would say like a good chunk of her books, like mm-hmm. there's a little note at the back and like, thanks again, Lydia for helping. That's me. Awesome. Um, That's great. And um. Yeah, I just got an email from a fellow um, thriller writer. I'm not going to mention name because I don't want to spoil anything. But he he also was sort of like, I have a question and I need I have this problem. I need to see if this works out. But um, it's been great because when I when I first started writing, I again, like I kept the doctor stuff like really separate. Mm -hmm. And I, I was kind of embarrassed to sort of tell people at work that I was doing this because it felt very like uh, kind of. I don't know. It's just a little odd and, and quirky and weird. And I didn't want people to think I was a bad doctor yeah. when I was spending my time, like writing these really fantastical stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I realized that I had something to give back to the writing community. And early yeah. on, like in the late aughts, it was very important for people who were um, want, you know, wanted to be published to have a blog. And so I had a blog back then. Wow. Yeah. Um, and everybody would like go visit each other's blog and there'd be a ton of writing advice. And I would learn so much about writing craft. And I kept thinking like, I would like to give back to this community. I'm getting all this free writing advice all the time. And I, um, I thought, wait, what do I know that I'm an expert in that I could give to the community for free? And I was like, oh, medical advice, not like real medical advice because of liabilities and such, but um, but like fictional medical advice. And then yeah. I, so I ask questions, like just all the time, people would just randomly like, um, would send me messages and they'd be like, so I need somebody to have like a malignancy, but that's curable. So they're really sick in the first half of the book, but then they get cured in the second half and they're this age range. And I'd have to like, go and look up my sort of like oncology notes and stuff like that. Or mm-hmm. they'd want to know if they're injured in the emergency room and we're in the ICU, like what kind of injury could allow them to be fully functional within three chapters. Wow. Yeah, like within two yeah. weeks. And then we would have to talk about it. And I'd be like, do you want it to be a limb injury? Do they need to run? Do you want it to be like a shoulder injury? Do you want it right. to be a traumatic brain injury? Cause that does all sorts of things to your head. So we would have all these uh, things to talk about. You know, it's a really interesting thing when you have an, uh, a writer who's crafting a scene and needs the medical stuff to fit in and you can make it fit in if you pick the right stuff. So it's, it's, it, I feel like I should have written like a how-to book on that, but, uh, just, didn't have time but yeah. it's, it's sort yeah. of the same kind of thing you know like yeah and, and I love that idea because I think we've all been in that place where you know we're reading a, a book or something and there's a fight scene and they get hit in the head 18 times and they're like oh up we go and I'm like maybe that could have used your expertise to be like I think there might have been a better way yeah. uh, as to why they're not completely unconscious on the floor yeah. um and, yeah. it makes uh, it it makes like watching stuff sometimes so like you know, uh, like I was watching like the the Lord of the Rings on the Amazon, um, the, uh-huh. the most recent sort of series. And I can't remember what the name of that lady is, but she gets like shot by an arrow in the shoulder. And uh-huh. then like within like the same day, she's like running around doing stuff. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, like elven oh. magic, maybe. You, you, almost just, you just almost exsanguinated and died. And then in the next scene, you're like totally fine. I'm like... I can, I can, in a lot of science fiction and fiction, I can wave my hands and be like, I get it. Like for the story, you have to do things. Yeah, right. But when they, when they sort of step on some of the medical stuff pretty badly, I get really, I, I get annoyed. <laughs> oh, I bet. I, I got to tell you after this weekend, uh, no spoilers, what I would give to watch John Wick 4 with you and just be like, so he just got hit by 14 cars. 
But he had a suit on with Kevlar. Is he fine? <laughs> No, I know, but it's like he's got to yeah. get up and keep running because exactly. you know, it's all about the memory of the dog. You just yeah. you have to keep going. That's that. See, thank you, thank you. As a dog owner myself, who's actually on the floor next to me now, I think that does a lot with adrenaline. And yeah, of course, it all works out. Um, but you, know, you you didn't you mentioned earlier uh, that before, of course, you dove into Star Wars. This whole writing career, you you wrote everything: adult historical fiction, young adult fiction, poetry. You mentioned. Um, so we, we touched on it a bit. Of course, it, it keeps your career exciting to go from thing to thing. But what mm-hmm. is it about each individual medium that, that you love about bouncing back and forth? Like, what is each of their draws that makes you keep coming back as opposed to kind of saying, all right, I've done that and I you know, will never visit it again? Okay. So with historical fiction, so I've been sort of fascinated by like the history of stuff that happened in New York City because I lived in New York for like 16 years. Mm-hmm. And there's so much history like just in every street of that city. So I was never a history fan. I did not like history in in grade school. I never took a single history course in college. It's like when you get, maybe it's like an aging thing, but when you get older, all of a sudden, like you become more interested in history because it it's, um, it's more fun, I guess. It's like, you don't, you don't have to study it. And so I would go down these Wikipedia like wormholes all the time, just sort of looking up stuff and realize that um, writing historical fiction was a way for me to learn history and write about it in a really fun way. Um, Love that. And that yeah. was fun, but it takes so much time and effort. So yeah. like every time I write an historical novel that takes place in New York, I print out a map of New York City from that time period that's about the size of my living room and it lies down on my living room and my dogs tear it up. And I'm, I'm like on my hands and knees with like a magnifying glass, trying to figure out like which side streets and which buildings that like this person's going in. And it's, it's a lot of work. So I love it, but sometimes it's awesome. But (laughs) but yeah, let's say it's, it is work. It's cool work, but yeah, a little bit of time. Yes, totally. Totally. And so, and it's funny, like with star Wars, it's also like you can, I can't, with historical fiction on earth and with star Wars, I can't write anything unless I can see what everything looks like. And so that's always, that's like a consistent issue, no matter where, what I'm writing or what I'm doing is that if I can't visualize the place, then I can't, um, I can't start writing it. So there's a, there's a good amount of work that has to do that had to do also with cataclysm. Like before I sort of got into anything was I had to be able to see every scene pretty well in my brain. So, um, which was really, really fun. And, but it's a totally different kind of fun than historical fiction. Yeah. Well, it's fun to think about it. And, and like, I guess I never thought of Star Wars. It is historical fiction. It's just not our history. It, it is. is. It's it just is. like, it's a different yes. history. It is. And it's the, the cool thing is that in some ways there's, there's, it's a little bit freeing because we are, you know, 150 years before phase one of a high yeah. Republic. It's like pre-prequel time. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> and there's something kind of wonderful about that, but there are obviously the constraints of the universe that, and the, the galaxy that we have to deal with. Um, yeah. But, but those are all like, they're all like the best constraints. They're like, you're, yeah. you're writing in this, this world and part of the world building it is, an extraordinary feeling because in some ways you sort of feel like you're part of Star Wars history, if that makes sense. Yeah. hundred percent. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It, feels, it feels so, so unique and like, yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it shows in Cataclysm again, no spoilers on this show. Uh, but the, you know, we saw it in Convergence as well that like part of the constraints on your guys' particular time period is like 
hyperspace travel isn't quite what it was and communication is very difficult uh which definitely plays a huge role in both books and and it's fun to think about okay if i can't just you know pull a palpatine and send a message anywhere i want it's it is kind of like okay if i'm in new york in a certain time period i can't just go down this street because this building wasn't built or something like that it's kind of fun thinking that you really had to map out everything ahead of time and I, i love those i love those connections there that's really fun it does. And it's fun to explore the concept of communication in the Star Wars universe because it changes depending on where you are and what you're doing and all that kind of stuff. And and that um, has affected my writing in other books, too, because if you write a book that's contemporary, everybody's got a cell phone. People are texting. Mm-hmm. It really makes like, you know, certainly makes a murder mystery a lot harder to do. It's <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. like, I can just <laughs> I can just call the police right now. Um, yeah. So that I think that's why also it's fun to do suspense and thrillers that are set back in the past when people can't just contact and look things up at the drop of a hat. And, yeah. you know, it's the lack of information, the lack of communication that is so frustrating because we have it at our fingertips. And when you don't, yeah. it makes for a really great plot. Yeah. It's like if I ever go and see Romeo and Juliet in a modern day and they have cell phones, it doesn't work. No. You just text Juliet. I'm good. That's it. The yeah. play's over. <laughs> you know, so I think yeah, I know. Exactly. For granted. I know. <laughs> no, it ruins everything. That should be like, that should be the title of a book. You know, cell phones ruined Romeo and Juliet or something they like did. that. <laughs> they did. An article in the Atlantic. Yeah. Just send a text. <laughs> it fixes so much. It does. Um, now, of course, uh, Star Wars readers won't just meet you for the first time in this book. They'll know you uh, from your fantastic short story from from a certain point of view on Barry Strait's back, right-hand man. Um, <laughs> so we, we've, we've heard so many wonderful, chaotic stories about how authors pick their stories for these collections. About We've heard about Excel sheets and people calling dibs on characters. Um, so I got to <laughs> know, how did that go for you when they kind of opened the floodgates for this one? And were you instantly like, to NB. That's my story. Well, I instantly was like, no, I'm not going to write this because I like Amazing. They, they, reached, <laughs> they reached out to me and I was like, what? You want me to write a Star Wars short story that's like gonna be canon? And I was like, so my my initial thing was panic and no, I'm not going <laughs> to do this. And which I, sure. I know most people are sort of like, are you like, are you bananas? Like, why would you say no? But like but like, I realize, I recognize that like the, the Star Wars fandom is is vast and passionate mm-hmm. and there's a lot that happens, the lot that's canon that I didn't know. And I was yeah. like, if I don't do this right. I will do a disservice to this very, very special universe, this very special, like, you know, world. And I didn't want to mess it up. So I like, yeah. I was quitting before I started, I was like, I'm not going to do this. And so my, oh. my husband, who's also a huge Star Wars fan was like, of course you should do this. And so I thought about before I said, no, my, my knee jerk, like, no, thank you. I, uh-huh. I, uh, I thought about it and I was like, really? And I was like, I, well, I love this movie. So it's like probably my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back through all the different scenes and I was like getting towards the end of the movie. And I was like, oh yeah, two one B. And I'm like, two one B is a doctor. I'm a doctor. Wait a second. I know what you do. I was like, what 2-1-B's is doing? And I'm like, I know exactly. And the interesting thing is that there is a really, there's a really obvious seam gap between the time when Luke is like in despair and he's just found out about Darth Vader. Oh, we said no spoilers. Dang. Oh, dang. Are we- <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> we just find out that Darth is his father. He's in utter despair. 
And then the next scene, he's getting his hand put on. He's looking out the window. He's got his arm around Leia and he's looking out the window and he looks like he's almost like at peace. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I remember thinking, what happened between the time that he was in despair and he's like ready to, to try to figure things out. And yeah. it was, he had spent time with 2-1-B getting his hand put on. And I was like, he had an interaction with a healthcare professional when he was at his absolute lowest and feeling so much pain, so much like physical pain, you know, psychic pain. And, and I was like, I know how to do the scene. Cause I, this is what I do for work. This is what I do all day. Oh, yeah. So then I, then I thought, well, if I can do this from a doctor's point of view, I feel comfortable because that is my language. I get it. Yeah. So that's when I said, yes, when I realized I was like, I will do this if I can do, I don't think that's what I said in my email, but I think I said, <laughs> I'd like to do this, but I'd like to do 2-1-B. Has anybody taken them yet? You know, and they were like, yeah. no, nobody's taken 2-1-B. And so that's that's how that happened. And I felt like that was my, it was probably the best thing that could have happened because I think I would have been really uncomfortable writing anything otherwise, but this was near and dear to me and I knew yeah. it. And um, you know that people often say to people who are new writers or young writers, and they'll be like, write what you know first, write what's mm-hmm. familiar. That doesn't end up, you know, in your first novel necessarily, or even your first short story, but it's the first thing that can easily come out without trying too hard mm-hmm. or without, um, you know, sort of angsting over like, oh, this has to be perfect. When I first write it, you write what sort of naturally kind of comes out. And that was what was natural for me. So that's how that happened. And then, um, and, and then I think it came out, it came out, it, I was pretty proud of how the the story came out. Oh yeah. And a lot of little pangs of sort of emotion when, when when I was like um, writing it and I was like, okay, I think I'm hitting the right notes here. Cause I'm feeling something here. So, so that's, that's how it all started. That's how Star Wars first got in touch with me. I love, I love that. Well, and I mean, from our point of view, yeah, we also hit with us. I mean, that again, it's, it's right at the end of the book too, which is always so special with these collections. Cause they're vast, you know, there's 40 stories. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really the bookends like set such a tone as that scene does in empire, right? It's such a, it's such mm-hmm. a quiet scene to end such a bombastic film. Um, and it's so nice to have that moment. I'm also, you know, you mentioned it. Now I need, from a doctor's point of view, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I think we need a whole f- another 40 stories of all the medical stuff in Empire. I know. I know. Like, what about the FX droid? That poor little FX droid that's totally doing nothing. But, like, you know, I actually put him in the story, and he and 2-1-B are, like, bantering back and forth because 2-1-B gets no respect. I thought that was kind of funny. Doesn't. But, yeah. It's a whole world. <laughs> the whole world of that stuff we need. There um, is. They're gigantic medical frigates. Like, what else is going on there? Yeah. Weird amount of medicine in Star Wars. Like, there's a lot of doctors. I think I would say, I mean, Star Trek probably has more. I will say there's a whole med bay. But overall, yeah. as far as sci-fi universes, a lot of medical stuff in the Star Wars movies. So yeah. I think we can make that happen. A lot of injuries. A lot of yes. trauma, traumatic injuries and things that have to get fixed, for sure. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> now, after your success with From a Certain Point of View, uh, of course, those books are so great. Everyone loves them. Then how did your involvement with that project then transition to being welcomed into the higher public with Cataclysm? What, what was that bridge? How'd that happen? I do not know. <laughs> great. I know. Right. I <laughs> Literally, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Yeah. Um, Lucasfilm, um, the publishing arm, they reached out to me, to my agent, and they said, hey, would Lydia like to write? We are inviting Lydia to write a novel in the High Republic. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how the jump went from, because there's Star Wars has a lot of authors writing for oh, it. Yeah. And there's, you know, been the, 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 the wonderful story architects of 
of the High Republic. I do yeah. not know how it happened. It's still nobody has revealed to me the secret of exactly why I was chosen and why they reached out to me. Um, but I said yes. And I did the same thing too. I was like, my answer is like, my knee jerk reaction was like, no. Amazing. <laughs> I was hoping that was it, it was going to be that. <laughs> it was every time, every time. And then like, yeah. once again, my husband Bernie sort of like, here we go again. Lydia, they are asking you to write a book in the Star Wars universe. It is going to be canon. Like, come on. And I, and I, and I, and I thought about it and I thought about it. And finally I was like, I was like, yes, okay, I will do this. But, um, but so scared, so nervous, so worried about doing the right thing. Sure, so sure. worried about making sure that, um, that, you know, I gave back to the Star Wars universe, like all that it has given to me. So yeah, yeah. it was, it was a it was stressful in in a gr- in a good way. You yeah, know? sure. Um, I really didn't want to screw it up, so I tried. I tried really hard, and it was a lot of work, and it was really hard. It was really hard to write this book. Well, two things. One, uh, this book freaking rocks, and you absolutely gave back to us what you what it, what they gave to you. Um, again, no spoilers here. This book's phenomenal. Um, it. Oh, thank you. Two back in a month, everyone. We're going to go into spoilers, but there's <laughs> moments in this book that once I stop recording, I'll, I'll geek out about. Um, and two, everyone, uh, make sure you address your thank you notes to Lydia's husband uh, for apparently <laughs> making these stories all possible um, by giving you those nudges. Where, so thank you. Um, we're very thankful for that. Yay. Uh, and, and then, of course, you mentioned uh, that phase two of the High Republic has been filled with these new voices and talent across the board. Um, we always had the story architects in phase one that have been around, but we have had a lot of new writers. So what was it like in this book uh, working alongside them, especially as Rita Cordova? Since, I mean, your books tie into each other so tightly. The covers pair so beautifully. Uh, everyone, if you're audio only or whatever, just Look at the, look at the two hardcovers together. It's it's really yeah. quite a sight. When you, um, when you put them together, it is a thing of beauty. Like I, it's, it's I love it. It's stunning, and I I just have to give a shout out to the artist that that created you know mm-hmm. much of the artwork in the High Republic because it's just gorgeous. It's so. incredible. Uh, so yeah, what was it like kind of kind of working with them on on this like super collaborative um initiative here? Yeah, so Zoraida and I knew each other from the young adult world, but we didn't know each other. Like, we only met each other for the first time um, last year. And we were at the Savannah Book Festival and we sat and had, like, you know, some coffee together and stuff. And we started talking about, like, planetary physics because we had to figure something out. As you do. The planets, Ira, Erno, and the moon. And so we were, like, doing all this, like, planetary physics, talking about this and that. And, talking about our characters. So, you know, there were a lot of, there was a lot of texting going on. There was a lot of messaging happening. Um, and uh, we had to make sure that things were, you know, matching up all right. But it, so it was like, it was a, it was a busy time, but it was like so much fun. Like it's really fun to be able to collaborate with yeah. other authors that are just genuinely like wonderful, shiny people. Like yeah. Zoraida's a wonder. She is just such a delight to work with. I had had I had to work with Kevin Scott a lot because oh, I'm um, so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. You um, should. You're in trouble now. Um, <laughs> so um, he's he's right. So Path of Vengeance um, overlaps temporally a little bit with um, Cataclysm. I don't think that's a huge spoiler, but I'm not going to say yeah. anything more than that. But not at all. Say Kevin and I had to talk a lot. Yeah, sure. And so um, 
and we had a lot of like, we had a lot of kinks to work out, things like that. And he was also just absolutely wonderful to work with. So um, I just feel really lucky. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I know people are always oh. like, oh, what is it like the inner workings of working with Lucasfilm and working with like, you know, Disney and all these authors and stuff like that. And it has been wonderful, just wonderful. Like people are just so nice and, you know, just welcoming and great with problem solving and, and, and communication. And I can't, I can't say I'm just really just, I feel very lucky to be working with a group of such incredible creatives. It's been fantastic. It it never gets old hearing authors talk about it too. For us, I mean, it's, it's something obviously we all love and it is like writing can be solitary. Reading can be solitary. And I think that's one of the cool things about the higher public on both ends. You know, we saw it in celebration last year. You'll see it at celebration this year. Is that like the, when everyone gets together and talks about it, like it's such a communal part it feels like a film every time a book is released and it and it's so fun to know that there's actually good people writing because a, a lot of people are good not every person in the world is nice not every writer in the world is going to be nice so but it's just <laughs> it's nice that it intersects um, yeah. so beautifully um now in a totally natural segue speaking of people who may not always be nice uh we're all big fans <laughs> of your cover star axel graylark over here um <laughs> But in addition to him, um, and particularly him, were there other characters in Cataclysm you really couldn't wait to write after reading them in other higher public entries? Um, and if so, why is Yaddle the obvious answer? <laughs> oh my god. That was like the best question of all time. The best yes. non-question question. <laughs> um, I am so glad that Yaddle is in this book. I had so much fun writing her and, you know, I didn't know her super well. I just, you know, just little bits here and there Mm -hmm. in the universe. And um, I was like, I'm going to put Yaddle in here a little. And luckily I sort of like, we were, you know, I was talking to the powers that be and they were like more Yaddle. It was like, that was the sentence more Yaddle. And I was like, yes. And (laughs) I put more Yaddle in and I love her. I love the sort of stuff that she has to deal with as a Jedi master mm-hmm. in her position and the situation that she's in, which is complicated. Yep. And it makes for a really fun, fun time. Because I think that when you like look at Yoda, you're sort of like, you know, some of the Jedi masters that are just, there's so, there's so much expertise and knowledge and wisdom in them. Right. Mm-hmm. That you're sort of like, they're perfect, right? Is there, can they do no wrong? And the yeah, answer for sure. And the thing is that they, they deal with conflict in ways that we, we might not, but they still have to deal with conflict. And I love to be able to explore that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I was sort of jokingly like tweeting like a couple of weeks ago, like what would Yaddle do? <laughs> but like, that's, we all need to think that. <laughs> I know, I know. But that was like, it was a joke, but it also like kind of wasn't a joke because when I was writing her, that was the mindset of sort of like, what would she do in the situation? Because a, a mere more like normal human mortal who just didn't have her patience and wisdom mm-hmm. would utterly screw up this particular situation. But what yep. would y'all do? And I and I had to explore that at every point during um, you know, her her sort of journey through this book. So um, so yeah, I sort of like joke about that hashtag, but I actually mean it <laughs> a lot because it's sort of like if you could be a better person, if you could be more patient, if you could be more wise, and if you really could harness 
all, all of that balance and goodness in the forest. Like, how would you deal with this? And the answer is always better. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so, she's so good. Again, no spoilers. We keep saying, but like, she's, she has so many of those scenes like you're saying in this book where she does, she is so wise and caring in, in her actions. And I think we've seen so many uh, scenes of great Jedi in the higher Republic. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of badass moments. There's a lot of yeah. vulnerable moments and it's yeah. really beautiful. And we've never seen that kind of stuff in some books. And I think the way you write Yaddle in this book adds another layer of, we kind of haven't seen that element yeah. um, with, yeah. with the characters that she interacts with, especially she has to have some conversations that we just haven't thought about at all, especially in some really stressful situations. And I'm like, man, I had the same thought as you did when I was reading. I'm like, if I was this stressed in this kind mm-hmm. of moment and it could handle it with this level of grace, mm-hmm. ooh, it would, it would be a much easier life. And uh, yes. I think and- everyone's going to like her a lot more in the, in the prequels when you get those little shots in the council yeah. after reading yes. this book. And that being said, like, she still manages to surprise you on the page, you yes. know, it's not like, yes. and again, no spoilers, but like some of the decisions she made, she, you're also sort of like, that's not what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's going on here? <laughs> and it's, um, yeah. and I, I also enjoyed, um, like the fact that there was, I got to put a little bit of humor here and there in the book. Oh yeah. Uh, Zoraida and I had actually talked about this as well. Cause we thought, you know, one of the things that we love about, the the original star wars movies is that there can be these little moments of levity even in Mm -hmm. the most difficult of times and i and so i was able to do that sometimes with yaddle sometimes with other characters yeah Um, but we uh we had we both had talked about like yeah there are going to be a couple of little funny moments here because um that's one of the the great things about um, about this universe is that it's not all like dire consequences all the time there right we have Han we have you know we just have funny moments and we and those are some of the ones that really just get you in your heart sometimes because you just need it so badly at that moment they're great oh yeah and 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 it's nice because both you and Zoraida uh I think both did such a great job at adding the humor without lessening the stakes in these books like you never forget what's going on. And when I chatted with Zoraida when, when Convergence came out about Axel specifically adding that, because I mean, we meet him in, you know, he's playboy card player and he's like, <laughs> so fun. And obviously yeah. folks that, you know, read Convergence knows he ends in a, in a bit of a rougher spot. Um, <laughs> and this book, he obviously has so many, he has a lot of moments that are just about a lot of things. Um, but there are those moments still where he, he still has the energy for a quip every once in a while. And, it, and it's just so much fun to see that, that flavor of star Wars, you know, it's yeah, still, it absolutely. is space fantasy still, there's still an adventure and um, we never lose that. Um, now you mentioned earlier, of course, you and Kevin worked really tightly um, on the story mm-hmm. that's coming up. And while we, Always encourage our listeners to read every piece of High Republic content. We like to talk about all of it. There are absolutely a decent amount of people that may stick purely to the adult novels for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. Some people just don't have time, money, all those things. Um, yeah. So was there any additional pressure in knowing for you that Cataclysm might be someone's last phase two book if they don't go to Path of Vengeance um, that's arriving later on this spring? So when Zoraida and I were writing the books we we were aware that this and you know the um battle of jetta would be could be read as just you know in isolation from mm-hmm. all the other books in in phase yeah. 2 so it did put a little bit of um 
it, it made it a little bit harder for us to make sure that everything was sort of all encompassing and came together. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it also in some ways was really satisfying to be able to write something that could stand on its own. So yeah. you probably will notice in cataclysm, you know, there are, uh, I don't think it's too spoilery to say that there are many characters in cataclysm yep. and, um, and that just meant that it was more work for me to make sure that they had satisfying journeys. Each and every one yeah. had, um, you know, a magnifying glass on them as time went on. So you really got to know them. You really got to follow with them and and get invested. So, so yeah, it basically meant more work for me, but it was, <laughs> it, was a, <laughs> it was good work. It was good yeah. work because I had to work on making the story like really worthwhile for everybody in it and that everything tied up in a satisfactory way yeah you know the the hope is that you finish the book and you're like wait who was that and who was this like you will know who everybody was and what happened to them definitely and and why and all that kind of stuff so yeah uh more or less work than the magnifying glass over the map in new york yeah (laughs) um different work it was um, i do not hide the fact that this was one of the most challenging books i've ever written Mm -hmm. um but I'm also really, like, really, really proud of 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 how it turned out. Um, I think the pain was absolutely worth it. And when yeah. I say it was like joyful pain, it was just like you know, it's a it's it's a lot of work wrangling storylines and making sure mm-hmm. that they, they work out. It's it's um it's tough to make sure that there is a payoff for the investment you put into the characters as the story moves along. Sure. So. Um, and you're just sort of like, and again, like as you're doing this, like every once in a while, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm writing a Star Wars book. <laughs> right, take a second. Why did you yeah. say yes to this? <laughs> and well, then I calm myself down. Yeah. And then I calm myself down. I'm just like, get back to work, get back to work. You're okay. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, but there is, you know, there is a little bit of that. I, I think people who've written for Star Wars multiple times, like they can finally sort of let go of the, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm writing for Star Wars. Like for me, like it was very fresh and it was still very like, I just felt like I had a big obligation, a big responsibility to try to do a good job. Um, and so I yeah, I tried hard to do so. So yeah. stress I mean, was always there. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I, I mean, this is... It's always so exciting around release time, but this book especially, I, I've I've talked to some of my friends who have also read it, um, and we've you know in the Twitter DMs and such things, and we're we're all just so excited for the, for the real floodgates to open because it is it it's such a special book and it's so oh, it's so, so great and and it's such a great example of why the higher public has been such an impactful moment I think in the publishing world for us and. And I gotta ask, as as someone who has now added to that mythology, um, that is the High Republic. What do you think it is about this initiative specifically that you think still has people so continuously excited for these new characters and adventures? And I mean, we're two years in now, and people are still chopping at the bit. There's still a, a Star Wars celebration stage for it. Like, what what is it about this that is still so exciting for all of us? Oh, I don't, you know what? There's so many different things. Like I, I have to tip my hat to the original story art- architects and the people at Lucasfilm who had the vision for, for doing this phase. So you have all of the wondrous, amazing things that everybody loves in Star Wars, mm-hmm. but you get to you really start with these new stories and you're telling history, but in the present, it's, it's just yeah. really, 
it's just extraordinary. And so I think that I think it's a brilliant endeavor. And I think that they did such a fantastic job with laying so much of these um, fantastic stories in phase one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so vivid and you get so attached to the characters like, yeah. um, you know, Burry and Geode and oh. great story. You know, oh. just everybody you're like, you're just like, the characters are just jump off the page, mm-hmm. clutch your throat and like rip your heart out kind of wonderful characters. And that just goes to, um, you know, the, everybody who's been, who's been working on it. They, they did a really, really great job. I think that, um, I think that you could have conceived of the high Republic and just done a very mediocre job and just like, but they, 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 they did so, such a good job of, um, of just creating this place, this new, this, this new era and yeah. uh, giving it everything that it, it deserves. And so it's been really fun because you get to work within the construct of the Star Wars universe, but everything is new. But at the same time, you're writing history. So it's super fun. It's kind of funny for me as somebody who writes historical fiction, yeah. writing Star Wars history, which is <laughs> interesting. You know, I'm writing. Yeah. So um, you are. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it seems rad. I mean, and like, we're literally getting like uh, like Chronicles of the Jedi just recently came out, uh, I think last week. And it's like, it is literally historical text of this fictional world. And like, there's something so special when every new reference book comes out, like there's reference books for the fiction you guys are writing. And it, there's it's like, it, it's, just, it's amazing. I know it's like the artwork, like the artwork oh, books have been coming out that God. are just so beautiful. Incredible. Oh my gosh. I know. It's pretty, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty fabulous. Um, yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> is great. No, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and one of the things here, as, as you wrap up here, we all, we always like to ask this and, I, and I'm, I'm so fascinated uh, for your answer here as, as star Wars is so intensely focused on legacy in all of its storytelling and all of the behind the scenes are such a legacy to all of it. Uh, so too is the whole publishing world that surrounds it. And yeah. since you, you have now put your mark on canon repeatedly in such an impactful way of what do you hope your personal legacy will be in Star Wars storytelling? I, I would like to hope that there are certain characters in this book that people are always going to remember as being sort of iconic in their own way. So Yaddle's time in my book, mm-hmm. uh, Chancellor Kion Greylark. Absolutely. She's a force in this mm-hmm. book. Oh my um, God. A certain younger character that I'm not going to, why I don't know if I can, I'm allowed to mention, but. Um, yep. Love her. Yep. I know you're talking about yep. her. And so I think there are just certain characters that some people will just, like people who maybe haven't read in the High Republic and somebody will just say, oh, like, remember when Yaddle was doing this? And people would be like, what's that? And they'll be like, oh, it's from this book. And yeah. like, I feel like it will be a reference book for a couple of moments in the Star Wars universe that are going to just sort of really stick in Star Wars history. So that mm-hmm. that will be really cool because I'll be like, yeah, that, that like, you know. You did that. that. I did. Yeah. And I was like, it's, it's bananas. I did that. So that'll be, that's, it's pretty cool. But just yeah. to see it on the shelves with other books, and it's just sort of like standing shoulder to shoulder with all these fantastic High Republic books, like legacy enough. I'm like done. 
it is one of the it's one of the coolest things. I mean, it, you know, you see all these people like shelfies and and such things. Like as people always post, like here's all the books, and you see like it's you and all these other writers that have just taken over the years to craft these stories and these narratives. And you look at a shelf, but you can see the tapestry of the story, and it's yeah. just there's something really cool about it. And it is, uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's just it's a, it's such a it's I, I say this a lot, and so it starts to sound really, really cliched, but I do mean it when I say it's like an honor. It really is. Yeah. You know, somebody who's loved this world, and I have grown up since I was like a little girl with this sort of like in the background, everywhere you walk around. I was walking through the halls today, and I heard somebody say Star Wars. Like, it's just <laughs> everywhere. It's like yeah. on people's it coffee cups. It's on like, you know, it's on TV all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. Needs like I have I have to watch an episode of The Mandalorian tonight. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like, and then like the Star Wars thing shows up, you know, like the logo, and I'm like, I'm in that family now. It's just yep. and I will always be part of this family. And it's just wonderful. I love it, and I mean, I, again, it, there's gonna be such a joy next week when everyone else gets to witness it. But it is, it is such a great addition, and it and all these characters are so exciting, and everyone, uh, make sure. As you're loving the book, let Lydia you know. Let everyone know what you love their work. <laughs> and on that note, before we let you go, um, two things. One, is there anything uh, coming up that you're allowed to talk about, Star Wars or non, just in life that people should kind of keep their eyes out for? And if they want to follow you to make sure they don't miss anything of your work, uh, where are you most likely to be found uh, online? Sure. Um, so I would say keep an eye out for – for Life and Light, which is the YA anthology that's coming out. I do have so a story excited. in there. Oh I had God. so much fun writing that story. So yay, I'm in two Star Wars <laughs> anthologies now. Yes. And then, um, uh, I, yeah, other stuff I can't talk about yet. Sure. And um, I have another book that will be coming out in the future called Pseudoscience, which is a nonfiction book where I get to talk about flat earth theories and astrology and stuff like that and i don't know probably gonna gather some haters that way but it'll be fun and um, that means it's good good. (laughs) um you can find me on twitter um lydia y kang i do not have a blue check mark and i'm not paying for one i'm just gonna say that right now and then (laughs) (laughs) then you can also find me on my website lydiakang.com and on instagram i like to post all sorts of things you'll see you'll find my doggies you'll find cooking you'll find books whatever is super random um and that's uh lydia king on instagram i'm around come and say hi yeah we absolutely will thank you so much for taking the time again uh not to sound like a broken record congrats again on cataclysm it is such it's such a freaking ride like it's really what it is it's so fun and it's so impactful and my gosh what a way to uh to nearly end phase two we'll, we'll see what cap can, can drum up uh, in a month or so <laughs> um we're so excited thank you again everyone make sure uh to pick up your copy of cataclysm if you haven't already done so while the pre-order window is open is not open closed that's the opposite uh the order window is open uh get your audio book read by mark thompson uh get the physical book ebook however you're gonna read it uh and let us all know what you think Lydia, thank you again. And, thank uh, you so much for having me. It was great to be here. Absolutely. All right. May the force be with you, everybody. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. 
This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.